for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Okay, praise God this morning. Uh, the Lord spoke to me a couple weeks ago, and, and I, I would like to deal with uh, sickness and disease, addictions, anything that you have that's ailing you this morning. I would like to get you free from that and deliver you from that. Uh, when I was coming this morning, I said, what exactly is an easy way to represent Resurrection Sunday? And when I was driving down the road, there was a house off to my left that said, open house today, enter in and look around. And I thought, well, the resurrection of Jesus basically opened the kingdom of God and had an open house for all of us. And now we have the ability not only to enter into the kingdom of God, but you can check out every bedroom of healing, the bedroom of finances, the bedroom of glory, the bedroom of praise, the bedroom of all these things. There's an open house for each and every one of us. So as I teach today a little bit on healing and show you what the Bible has to say to it, I have been believing all week, and hopefully you have too been believing for your total freedom today. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, but today. Say today. today. How many know your day of salvation is not tomorrow? Your day of salvation is too? Today. How many know faith now faith is today? All right, take your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 1. Now, I'm not talking about big sicknesses or little sicknesses. I'm talking about the things you've put up with in your life from uh, any little thing, a little pain here, a little pain there, allergies, all these things. All these things, according to the Bible and the kingdom of God, you have been delivered from. And there should be some results in your life to getting free from that stuff. You don't have to tolerate it. You don't have to put up with it. You have a choice. Say, I have a choice. teaching the series on healing years ago when we did the six-week thing on it and somebody came up after the fifth week and said, but this stuff's easier for you to understand because you never get attacked. <laughs> I said, what class have you been gone to, by the way, for the last five weeks? Glory to God. All right, Mark chapter 1. Look at verse 15. Jesus said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe what? Now notice, Jesus came and notice what he talked about all the time, the kingdom of God. He said, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, or the kingdom of God is here. Say, the kingdom of God, kingdom it, of God. Is it is here. Now notice, he tells us what we've got to do. He tells us to believe the gospel. Say gospel. gospel. Now what does gospel mean? Good news. Good news. So Jesus came and said, hey, the kingdom's here finally. It's right here right now, so you can now believe the good news of the kingdom of God. Now why would he have to tell people at that time to believe the Good news, because apparently they were believing the bad news at that time, right? Or they wouldn't have had to switch anything. What were they believing? God don't like me. He don't love me. He wants to crush me. He don't want to do anything for me. So he says, you need to repent. You need to turn and believe the good news, say the good news, of the kingdom of God. Now, when I got in the kingdom of God, basically, I had to repent, change the way I thought about myself, the way I thought about God, the way I thought about healing, the way I thought about everything. I had to repent and turn because the kingdom of God is now at hand. All right, go to Romans chapter 12. All right, very familiar scripture, Romans chapter 12. Look at verse 2. It tells you to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Now, if I'm going to repent, how am I going to repent? I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my what? 
of your mind. Now, if there's going to be a switch in your mind to the kingdom of God way of doing things and what actually belongs to you, and you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, your mind is going to have to be renewed to something. It's not going to be renewed to the 6 o'clock news. How many of you know that? It's not going to be renewed to what Oprah says. How many of you know that? Not going to be renewed to Dr. Phil says. How many of you know that? It's going to be renewed to the kingdom of God and the word of God, basically, to transform your mind. Now, why does he want your mind transformed? Why does he? Why does he want your mind transformed? Why? Notice what it says. It's in the verse. That you may prove and know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, here's the key to you living a kingdom lifestyle. Everything you get from the kingdom of God, you receive by grace through faith. Everything that you get. So, by knowing the will of God, you cannot have faith without knowing what the will of God is in a situation. If you think God wants you sick and you're trying to believe God for healing, how many know you're going to lose? If you don't think God wants to save you but you'd like to be saved, how many know you're going to lose? So what am I trying to do? I'm trying to figure out after I get in the kingdom of God what God's will is in every situation, what he already wants, what he has provided for me. When I find out his perfect will, I can then receive it by faith. Say, faith begins when the will of God is known. Until you know the will of God, you're not believing God. Are you believing God? Yes. For what? I don't know. I'm just believing God. Well, you're not believing God. Faith comes by understanding what God has already told you he did or wants to do, and then you agree with him. So we've got to understand God's will in every situation. And when you do that, it's easy to have faith for what God wants to give you. So faith starts where the will of God is known. Say, faith begins begins. when the will of God God is known. Let me give you an example. Salvation. I grew up in a religion place. I grew up under religion. Religion told me that by going to church on Sunday, by doing this, by doing that, by doing this, someday I would be saved. I didn't know God's will was to save me. I was still trying to impress God enough so that he'd finally say, all right, my God, come on in. Finally, I'm put up with you long enough and you're badgered me. Now come on in the kingdom of God and finally get in here. Although I don't like you, come on in. But when I found out the will of God was that all men be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth, it was easy for me to receive from God what I already knew that he wanted to give me because I knew his perfect will. Are you following me? So your faith and your believing comes by grace, a free gift that God has given you of salvation. Through your faith in that free gift, not of yourself, say not of me, has nothing to do with you, but is a gift of God. So basically, salvation was a free gift. I found out that God wanted me to have it, so I received it from God, praise God, and God was happy, and I was happy, and we're living happily ever after, glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? But first of all, I had to know his will. Someone said, you'll never know what God's going to do. You just told me you're faithless. Come on, we throw faith around and throw it around all over the place. Unless you know what God wants to do, you can't put faith in it. I want to win a million dollars. How 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 do you know if God wants to give you a million dollars right now? See? So I go to the Word of God. I find out what God's perfect will is. When I find His perfect will, it's easy for me to believe that, praise God, because God has already said He did it or He's going to do it. Are you following me? All right, go to 3 John 2. Three John, way in the back, back there. Third John would be right after First John and Second John. You're welcome. You're welcome. I was glad I could chip in with that. Third John chapter 2, look what it says. Beloved, say, I'm beloved. Beloved, beloved I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul. soul pro- now, no, now we know what God's will is, don't we?
God's will is that you prosper in every area of your life and that you be in health, but notice, even as what? Your soul prospers. Well, how's my soul going to prosper? It's going to prosper by repenting and believing the good news of the gospel and being transformed to know that God's will is to heal me and to prosper me. God wants you healed and he wants you prospered. And notice it doesn't say he wants to get you healed. It says he wishes that you prosper and what? Say be in health. How many know being in health is being in health the whole time? In other words, there's a lifestyle you can live where you live healed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of your life. Some of you look at me like I'm on a different planet this morning. <laughs> every day. You can live healed every single day, every single day of your life. Jesus paid for it. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Yeah. He's alive so that you can partake of these things that he's given to you as an inheritance and walk in those things. Praise God. So notice he wants me to be in health. Say, be in health. Be in health. Say, I'm in health because he wants me to be in health. I'm in health All right. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Might have to do the healing class again, for goodness sakes. All right, First Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 19. Paul says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, this is good news. Notice he says, you are now a temple of God. God lives on the inside of you. You have been bought or purchased with a price. How many of you know that the cross was the price that was paid to buy you back into God's kingdom and into God's ways? So here he says that you have been bought with a price. Price, and that price is the blood of Jesus or the cross where it was paid for. Therefore, it says, glorify God where? In your and in your spirit. Now, what's he talking about there? He's talking about in your spirit. How am I going to glorify God in my spirit? Well, I'm going to get born again into the kingdom of God with the nature of God on the inside of me so that now basically what he bought is the same with God, one with God. He paid a price for my spirit. How many of you know he paid a price for your spirit? So that you could be born again, hallelujah, and enter into the kingdom of God. But notice what else he bought. Body. Say my body. body. Notice he also bought your body. And notice he didn't buy it with prices. He bought it with a one price, bought both things, your spirit for salvation and your body for healing. Both at the same time. One price. Say one price. So one price, he brought my spirit, made it available for me to get born again if I choose to. And he also bought my body. But now notice he doesn't put the soul in there, does he? Why is that? Because he didn't buy your soul. Your soul's up for grabs. I'm born again. Here's my body. What's the difference between my body and my spirit? Walking healthy or not? Your soul. What you think, what you believe, what I know God's will is, what I can believe for, what I know that God has provided for me. So your soul's up for grabs. And how many know there's, there's a bunch of things after your soul? Mind, will, and emotion 24 hours a day. There's worry, there's fear, there's doubt, there's demons, there's people, there's negative people, there's negative, more negative people, there's everybody out there. And what do you want to do? Basically, you're going to say, for one price he paid for my body and for my spirit. Say, he paid one price for my body and my spirit. Okay, go to Isaiah 53.
All right, Isaiah 53, if you don't know this part of scripture, this is the prophet Isaiah who basically saw into the future and looked at the cross from a spiritual aspect rather than a natural aspect. In other words, he saw what was going on truthfully in the spirit realm. Isaiah 53, look at verse 3, talking about Jesus. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him, but was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely, or for sure, absolutely, he has borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Notice this is a cross. Notice what's taking place here. Isaiah's seen in the future. He sees what's going to happen. He sees what's going to happen in the spirit realm. And he says, look what's taking place here. God at one time through Jesus is going to buy back mankind spiritually and also physically. Your spirit and your body were bought at the same time. Now notice, if God loved you enough and cared enough to send Jesus, his only son, to the cross to be nailed, to be spitten, to be crowned, to be beat up, to have his beard plucked out, to be tormented, to everything else, the Bible says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not give you all things with him freely? Why is that? Because Jesus was the best thing he had. If he gave the best thing he had, don't you think he wants to give you the other things too? So see, healing is part of your parcel, basically, when you were born of the kingdom of God. Here it says, by his stripes you were healed. Look at verse 4. He deals with your sin problem. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. So notice, he took them on the cross, didn't he? He opened the door for you. He took your sin, took your negative stuff, took everything that was wrong with you, so it gave you an opportunity basically to get born again into the kingdom of God. But notice what else? The chastisement of his peace was upon him. In other words, you can walk in peace of mind. It's already been paid for in your life. Your days of worry could be over. Your days of fear could be over. Why? The price was paid. Now notice, and with his stripes, we are what? We are healed, aren't we? All right, so at the cross, what happened to the cross? First of all, the cross, he bought back your spirit and opened the door for you to be saved or to be born again or come in the kingdom of God. It was provided. But notice, at the same time, with the same price, he paid for your physical body and your healing at the same time. So when basically was I born again or an opportunity to be born again? 2,000 years ago. That's when it was available. When Jesus was raised from the dead, anybody could have got born again. Of course, I got born, and it took me 30 years to figure out what was going on so that I got born again at the age of 30. Could I have got born again at the age of 5, 10, 11? Why didn't I? Because I did not know the will of God in that situation. I did not know that salvation was a gift. I thought it was something that I had to earn. And since I kept trying to earn it and couldn't earn it, I was making no progress because it was a gift for me. Well, let's take that over into healing. When Jesus was raised from the dead, your healing was provided then. Then. 2,000 years ago, he already provided your healing. It already belongs to you. Healing is part of your inheritance. Salvation is part of your inheritance. All these things are basically a grace. I am saved by the grace of salvation through faith, not of myself. Well, I'm healed by the grace, a gift from God, and through faith in that grace. Are you following me? So when attack comes against my life, I don't try to determine, am I healed, am I sick? Am I healed, am I sick? Am I going to get sick, am I going to get healed? I go back to where it was done. So I walked my mind back 2,000 years ago, 
and I was healed right here. It doesn't matter what I feel like and what's going on here because I was healed back here. Are you listening? So what happened is already, it's a free gift for me, but I got to put faith in that free gift in order to receive that free gift that's already been provided for me. It's a grace. Listen, healing, I found out, is not a promise. It's a grace. If it was a promise, it's still in the future. If it's a grace, it's now. It's a free gift that's been given to me right now. Salvation isn't future. I thought it was. I thought when I died, I'd find out. You know, that was true. When I died, I'm going to find out. But it's going to be too late to do anything about it then. So I didn't want to wait till then. But no, it was already provided for me. It was already there. So it's the same way with healing. Healing was provided 2,000 years ago. Well, if this is true, then Pastor Tom, why are people out there who are born in the kingdom of God and they're still suffering with all these sickness and diseases? Why is that? Because you have to have your mind transformed to the perfect will of God and your soul must prosper so that you can be in health even as your soul prospers. Let me ask you another question. Did Jesus die for everybody? Everybody. The worst person out there you're trying to tell me he died for. All right, then why aren't all men saved? Why aren't they all saved? They should be all saved. It's already been provided 2,000 years ago. Right there it is. They can all get saved. Why isn't everybody saved? Because their mind hasn't been renewed, hasn't been transformed, and they've not received the free gift that is there. It's the same way with healing. We put salvation back here and healing way out here someplace, in the future someplace. No, they were both provided over 2,000 years ago. He bought your spirit and he bought your body at the same time. And healing's already been provided for you. The problem is we haven't been told this. We've not transformed our mind to it. So we won't fight for what belongs to us. Well, you probably have this. You're right. I probably got this. I mean, you go to the doctor. He'll run tests. He'll have 45 things wrong with you before you leave there. You went in with one little thing. And now you got 45 issues that you didn't even know that you had before you went in that place. And pretty soon you're going to have, I don't know whether to go there or not. Pretty soon you're going to have eight medications to take care of those 45 things. But the problem is you've got to have eight more medications to take care of the eight medications that he gave you to take care of the 45 things. So now you're taking 16 medications and they're causing another thing to your price. So now you've got 50 things wrong with you rather than 45. You see what I mean? This stuff just compounds. And I'm not talking down doctors. I'm not talking about medicine. I'm telling you there is a way. There is a way to live on this earth as a born-again believer and stand against the things in your life that come. Man, I used to wake up when I, when I was younger in the morning, and my eyes would be all pasted shut. I couldn't even get them open. I'd have to go into the bathroom and, and rinse them out because it had to run war, warm water. Did you ever wake up and your eyes are pasted shut and you can't see anything? And I went to the doctor, and you know what he said way back then? Oh, these allergies at this age aren't bad. What do you get older? They're just going to get worse. Well, thank you. I felt a lot better coming to you and spending my $50. I feel a lot better about knowing they're going to get worse as I get older. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I came to you. But no, one day I found out, I ain't doing this stuff anymore, praise God. These eyes are going to line up with the Word of God, and this pus is going to get out of my eyes, and I'm going to walk in the healing that God provided 2,000 years ago, and I'm just going to be able to wake up in the morning and open my eyeballs. Hallelujah. Now, to some people, that ain't a big issue. It's only an issue if it's you. What's he griping about? The eyes like that. Well, you wake up every morning and can't even find your way to the bathroom for a while because your eyes are pasted shut. It's no fun. And all of us got these little things. Don't sit there so righteously looking at me. Well, pastor's the only one with an issue that he had in his life. No, no. You've got plenty of issues that you just haven't dealt with yet because nobody told you the truth about those issues. That the will of God is for you to walk in divine health all the time. So grace is now. Say grace is now. Yeah. Say the free gift is provided. Not going to be provided. It's been provided in your life already. It is by grace through faith. Notice what it says here, the last verse. And with his stripes, I'm going to be healed. 
I sure hope I get healed. Lord, heal me. With his stripes, we are. Say are. are. All right, go to Psalm 103. This morning, all we want to do is implement you back into the now so that you receive the healing from 2,000 years ago now and you walk in that healing now because it's already been provided for you to take advantage of now. All right, Psalm 103, look at verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Notice talking about his soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his what? All his what? No, not his promises. Forget not all his. How many know a benefit is something that, that belongs to you? It's a benefit. It's not a future promise for you to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered. It's basically a benefit, and a benefit already belongs to you at this time. So forget not all his benefits. How many believe the church has forgotten about all his benefits? Are you saved? Yes. Healed? No. Broke? Yes. Angry? Yes. Unforgiving in every area? Every person, I hate their guts. Well, good for you. Praise God. You're doing very well. What did they do? They received one benefit, and they got all these other benefits. See, they entered the open house of the kingdom of God, and they stopped at salvation room. Yeah. Never went to healing room, deliverance room, prosperity room, any other room. They looked at the house and says, that's far enough. You know, going to heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And that was it. But there's more houses, more rooms in there. Yeah. So notice what it says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his what? Benefits. His benefits. Who forgives... How many? All. all thine. You mean the big ones too? Yeah. You know, if I do a big sin rather than a little sin, we call them venial and mortal. God forbid the mortal sin. That was a big one there. No, notice he forgives how many? All. all. Notice what else it says. Who heals what? All. How many? All, from the little diseases to the big diseases to what man thinks is a big disease to a little disease, all these have already been provided for, and all these are a benefit. They belong to you. Salvation belongs to you. Forgiveness belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. It is a benefit. It is a gift that's already been given to you. Notice, the thief comes to... Steal. He comes to what? Steal. How is he going to steal my health if it never belonged to me to begin with? You can only steal something that belongs to you. If I walk up and steal, steal his Bible and Marie says, Take, give me my Bible back, she can't say that. It's not even her Bible. I didn't steal anything from her. I stole it from Andy. You see? So I must have had healing at one time in order for the thief to come and steal what I already had. It shows that it all belongs to us, but we're still over here trying to get what God has already provided for us. Healing is a gift. Say healing, healing. is a gift. Is a say it's a grace. It's a grace. All right, go to 1 Peter 2.24. All right, 1 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 24. Talking about Jesus, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. How many know that's talking about the cross? That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes... We someday in the future when we die and go to heaven are going to be healed. 
Don't say that, does it? Notice what it says. By whose stripes ye? Ye what? Ye were. Notice, is were present tense, past tense, future tense? It's past tense, isn't it? By whose stripes. And notice, he bare our sins in his body on a tree so that we could live unto righteousness. Notice, you got born again, you had a nature change, now you can live righteously before God because you have a righteous nature on the inside of you. Well, you can take that over into the healing realm. Basically, he took our sicknesses so that we would be dead to sickness and alive to health because they were provided on the tree. By his stripes, we were healed. What Jesus did when he went to the cross was he was your substitute and he took your place in every area of the life to give you the opposite. In other words, he died so that you could he was made sick so you could be healthy. He was made sin so you could walk in. He went to hell so you could go to heaven. See, everything that he did was for you. He took your place. He took your sin. He took your sickness. And what did he do on the cross? He killed that stuff once and for all and gave the opportunity to walk completely healed, completely delivered in every single area of your life. It is a gift to you today. It is a grace to you. So I'm going to be healed by the gift, grace of healing through faith not of myself, it is a gift of who? Of God. So it's already a gift. The only thing we have to do is receive, once again, what God has given us to receive. How do I do that? Glad you asked. Go to Romans chapter 4. I have a strong desire in my heart to see every man saved, but I even get a stronger desire to see every man healed for some reason. I don't know why that is. It's just there. It's been there. God put it there a long time ago. I want people to live healed. I want people to live delivered. I got the most wonderful resurrection present I could have ever got this morning. One of the guys that I play basketball with, he's a 30-year-old guy who I play with up in Vero Beach. And basically last year at this time, he was thoroughly depressed. They were repossessing his car. He knocked up his girlfriend. Everything that he could possibly do was going wrong. That's playing basketball with him. And he's a nice kid, but once he wanted to fight everybody in the basketball court. You know, it must be that depression that comes on you or something. Nicest kid you ever want to meet. So I took him to Beefo Brady's in Vero Beach. Holy land, Beefo Brady's. <laughs> it's an Irish holy land, though, praise God. So I took him there and I just explained to him, I said, hey, you know, you don't have to live this way. You don't have to, oh, well, this is what God's doing to me. He's paying me back for all the stupid stuff. So I slapped him a few times and I just said, hey, you think you're saved, but you're not. Oh, yeah, I know Jesus. I said, good, you know Jesus, but if you died today, where would you go? Well, I think I'd go to heaven. Why? Because I'm just such a wonderful guy. I said, yeah, well, that ain't going to get you there, brother. So I just led him in the prayer of salvation, laid hands on him, rebuked the devil out of his life. And I mean, you could see his eyes just whoop. Well, once it, my God, I, I can see again or something. So I left him go, and he just texted me. His birthday's actually today. It's almost one year later to the date. Right now, basically, he's got a job where he's getting paid good money. He's got his car back. Him and his girlfriend had their child, and they just love that child, and they're, and they're taking care of that child, and he's one of the happiest guys that you'll ever see. That's what I want. Do you understand? That's what I want in my ministry. I want to take people who are in the gutter, pull them up out of the gutter, I don't care what their problem is, dust them off, get them in the right aim, get them a little shove to go in that right direction, and watch them go forward into things. And that should be on each and every one of our hearts, but it's hard to do when you're the one in the gutter. Isn't it? It's hard to do when you're sitting down there in the gutter to pull somebody else out. I'm in the gutter. You ought to see my gutter. Then you start comparing gutters. 
Well, I've got a bigger gutter than you got. No, no, mine's bigger than yours. How long you been in the gutter? Ten years. I've been in ten years, two months, and three days. See, that's not it. We're supposed to be the ones, basically, who are walking on the water, and when Peter or Jane or Jimmy or Bobby start to sink, we grab them and we pull them up back on the water, and we put them safely back into the boat, praise God. That's what we've been called to do, and that's what we need to do. All right, Romans chapter 4. Look at verse 25. This talks about today. Who was delivered, talking about Jesus, for our offenses, and he was raised again for our now, I'm going to believe that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it gave us the opportunity to be justified, just as if I never sinned. Notice, that's not future. That's a gift that's already been provided for. Justification belongs to us when we get born again. Righteousness is a free gift. Justification is a free gift. Chapter 5, verse 1, therefore being justified by what? Faith. Faith. So you can say that I'm justified. Are you born again? Yes, I'm born again and I'm justified. Well, are you, the question is, are you living a justified life? The only way you can live a justified life is by faith in the justification that he already provided for you, not by your own justification. Dear Lord, if you live by your own actions and your own stuff, you're going to be the saddest person in the entire world. You've got to trust in what Jesus did, not in what you do on a daily basis. So here he says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Say access. access. By, faith by faith into this grace. Say it again, access, access. By, faith, by faith into this grace. So this tells me I have access into justification, how? By simply believing that his blood justified me. I have access into righteousness, how? By believing that he provided the righteousness. I have access into the kingdom, how? By believing that the gift of salvation that he gave me, I've already access into it. So notice what it says again, verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we what? Wherein we what? Now, why did he put that in there? I've got access into all this stuff, but now it tells me that I stand. Because once you get into this stuff, you're going to have to stand in this stuff. Why is that? Well, look at verse 3. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations. As long as you're down on this earth, you are going to have trials and tribulations that come against everything that God provided for you from your righteousness to your deliverance to your healing to everything else to your peace and to your joy. It's going to come against you. So now I find out, praise God, I'm saved. I'm born again. How many of you are standing on being born again? If somebody walks up to you and said, brother, I'll tell you what, you ain't saved. You can say, ha, 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 December 21st, 1985, praise God, I got born again, and you can't take that away from me, glory to God. And the devil will come, no, you didn't, no, you didn't. You sinned yesterday, and you sinned the day before. I don't care if I sinned or not. I just repented, and praise God, he washed me clean, and I'm doing right, fine right now. See, we stand in that, but now we get to healing. And yesterday, I felt good. Ooh-wee. I felt like a 20-year-old. Then you wake up the next morning, you feel like 120 years old. And what are you going to do? I'm going to stand in the grace, the free gift that God has provided for me of healing. I'm going to stand there. I'm going to stand against my lying body. I'm going to stand against the lying devil. I'm going to stand against lying symptoms. I'm going to stand against these things. Why? Because he's already paid for it 2,000 years ago, and it already belongs to me. How do I know if I'm standing or not? Look at verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into any grace... Wherein we stand and what? Rejoice. rejoice. Say rejoice. rejoice. Say it again, rejoice. rejoice. Now, how do you, I mean, if you're feeling good and all at once you wake up with a symptom in your body, the furthest thing from your mind is rejoicing. Doesn't even enter in. Rejoice. Why should I rejoice? Why? Because it's already done. 
And because since it's already done, I'm going to rejoice in my healing, no matter what my body said. I'm going to rejoice in my salvation, even though I had a bad day yesterday. I'm going to rejoice in my righteousness, even though I may have sinned yesterday. I'm going to rejoice in the gift that he gave me and stand right there, praise God, by faith. See, faith doesn't go back and forth. Faith is a consistent thing. The Bible says if you waver, you can't access anything from God. So I'm going to stand right there. I'm going to rejoice. Paul put it this way. Rejoice in the Lord again, I say. Oh, why do you think he had to say it twice? Anytime you see anything in the Bible that's repeated, you know it's going to be hard to do the first time. Rejoice in the Lord. Don't rejoice in your symptom. Don't rejoice in your circumstance. Don't rejoice in what's going on in the natural. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. What did the Lord do? He healed me 2,000 years ago. So I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, praise God. I'm going to rejoice in my finances. I'm going to rejoice in the prosperity that he promised me in my life, praise God. I'm not going to look at my bank account. I'm not going to rejoice in that. I'm not going to rejoice in my business. I'm going to rejoice in my paycheck. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, praise God, and what the Lord has done in my life. And what does that do? That keeps you solid, standing on a rock. The Bible talks about stable people. Say stable people. We've got to become stable people. Up today, down tomorrow, messed up here, messed up there. We've got to get there, and we've got to stay right on that rock, praise God, the whole time and stay right there. How am I going to do that? I'm going to find out what my grace is. Oh, look at that. Praise God. Healing belongs to me. Therefore, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Well, you don't look healed. Well, you're looking in the wrong place. You've got to look back at the cross 2,000 years ago, praise God. Don't look at me. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And you're guaranteed deliverance because it's a gift that's already been provided for you. Now, will the thief come to steal? Oh, yes, he will. He'll come to grab that peace and joy right out of the inside of you. First chance he gets, praise God. What am I going to do? I'm going to keep my peace, and I'm going to keep my joy. And I'll tell you, sometimes when you get in those situations, the best thing you can do is learn the vocabulary of silence. There's a faith category, and that's shut thy mouth. Because you know you want to say something. I mean, it's right here. And it's getting bigger. Boy, you want to give him a piece of your mind, and... Come on, wants to come out, don't it? You want to say it? Well, you better keep it clammed up, praise God. Get back on that rock, stay right there, and watch the results that come, praise God. All right, one more. Go to James chapter 5. Now, are we reading the Word of God this morning? Is the Word of God truth this morning? Yes. All right, James chapter 5, look at verse 14. It says, Is any sick among you? Let him or her call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him or her, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and look at this, what if I sinned? And if he committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Notice this scripture right here explains simple healing in the church. What happens? You simply call for the elders of the church. You are anointed with oil. They're going to bring you back into the, I am healed right now in Jesus' name. And you are going to stand in that and rejoice in that. And healing may be instant. It may be tomorrow. It may be next week. But it's going to work in your life because God said it. I didn't write it. for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.